Hey everybody, I'm CJ. And I'm Micah. And welcome to Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. I really want to just get into this really fast because I know that uh, sometimes you want to do a little banter, a little opening stuff with the podcast and, and things, but this movie is so awful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the kind of awful I was really hoping for. That's the most disappointing thing about it. Because you know me, I love a bad movie. I live yeah. for bad movies. That's why we do this podcast. Um, but this was not fun. <laughs> I'm mad about it. It was it was not fun, but we're gonna try and try our best to make it fun in sort of re <laughs> reliving it. Yeah. But before we get into the actual movie, we have a special guest. It's the host of the Gone But Still Great, the season finale podcast, Riley Watson. Hi, hey, Riley. What's crappening? What's up? Oh, right. <laughs> That's how we're doing it. Fucks yep. up, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Riley is actually also Captain What, who does our theme song. I am. So that's really yeah. awesome. You know, multifaceted. <laughs> you gotta be. <laughs> it's the 2010s. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> no, um, so uh, yeah, I don't have anything clever to say in the lead up to this. Assassin's Creed yeah. is wild it, it's 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 truly dog shit it's deeply confusing <laughs> i think in my notes the just the phrase i am so confused is written like four times yeah it's <laughs> there's kind of so much wrong with it that i don't really understand how the movie got released like <laughs> yeah it's it's really interesting in that it's filled with a bunch of people who are like good yeah. performers and stuff like that. But and it's directed by a, well, actually, I haven't heard of the guy since this, which is probably, a fantastic sign. You know, for the best. His career makes, is makes a lot. His of career sense. is doing really well after Assassin's Creed, which was released in what twenty sixteen. So 16. it was released in twenty sixteen, and it's based on the Ubisoft. Is it Ubisoft or Ubisoft? Ubisoft if I remember correctly. Now, have you have 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 either of you ever played the Assassin's Creed games before? Yes, no. I played the first uh, one. I played the first one, but I want to make it clear that when I say I played the first one, I mean that I ran to the top of tall things and then I jumped off of them because that was what the commercials promised yeah, me. I <laughs> played the first one, which came out in 2007, uh, and then I distinctly remember playing the second or third one, but I did this a lot when I was younger. I'd play video games with the sound off and then watch TV like behind my back. So I can't tell you what happened in the second one, but I do remember at the very end of it, you fist fight the Pope and then you find some kind of golden artifact out of his body. And that's how the game ended. And it's stuck with me ever since. Was it not the apple of Now Eden? that's the thing. So after I got done watching Assassin's Creed, I had this wave of disappointment and boredom uh, just washing over me. So I went in to a YouTube video that was 25 minutes long and it oh, broke fun. down the entire history of Assassin's Creed, the video game, like the storyline and the movie glosses over some of what the game did. The Apple of Eden is a thing in the game. And the way it's described in this video that I saw, the Apple of Eden can control thoughts and free will. So it's like mind control. And they did a terrible job of explaining that in the movie somehow. <laughs> After I didn't really understand no, I, I, what was yeah, going exactly. on. And then even in the game, there is a subspecies of human that are called the Isu. And the Isu were the first humans on Earth that had some kind of crazy technology stuff. And then two in two Isus broke out of this kingdom, went on to Earth and they were Adam and Eve and they started humanity and the assassins are part Isu. And then you have so what you're saying is that the story in the games is bad. Too. The story in the games is confusing. It has good bits depending on whatever installment you're in. So like the one where you're a pirate uh -huh. is fun because you're doing nothing but pirate stuff. But the one where you're just a couple of <sighs> British people running around in steampunk hats is bad because the concept is stupid. So yeah, I have never played an Assassin's Creed game and knew nothing about it other than, um, like CJ said, they climb on tall things and they wear the steampunk hats. Mm -hmm. So I spent the whole time wondering if 
I just was missing a bunch of information that the games would have provided to me. And maybe that would have made my enjoyment of the film better. Well, but it sounds like it sounds like that's not the case, that it was just really that bad. It's also all anchored by Michael Fassbender, who is not a super massive black hole of charisma like a Henry Cavill, but his only sort of cultural imprint is that he has a big dick. Well, that's the that's something that I was thinking of when I was watching it is it, you're thinking about Michael Fassbender's yeah, dick. Yeah, because he was in that I movie mean, Shame where he shows his dick and that one was good. And then what has he done really since then? He was in four X-Men movies, three of them being bad, and then he was in The Snowman. And then he was He was in he, an adaptation of Jane Eyre, which is fucking fantastic. He, and that might be a controversial opinion of mine, I'm not sure. But I love that version of Jane Eyre. So he's great in that. Dick. Mm, no, because <laughs> oh, okay, so the dick's not the common denominator. <laughs> no, um, but that version's great, and it, it's mostly because of Mia Vazakowska, though. To be fair, but um, I was fine with Michael Fassbender being there, um, and Marion Cotillard is great. Mm-hmm. I love her, and basically everything I've seen her in, and Jeremy Irons is fine. Jeremy Irons Um, deserves better. (laughs) Jeremy Irons is the Migos of elder statesman actors. He will be in anything. (laughs) And I enjoy that there seems to be this um, career through line with Jeremy Irons with playing specifically older, ambitious, evil Catholics. (laughs) Because he's in this. He also plays um, one of the most notoriously awful popes, uh, Rodrigo Borgia, who was Pope Alexander the something um, in the Borgias, which was the Tudors, but for the Italian medieval papacy. And that show is also great. So there's all these people that are in things period pieces that I love um, and then they were in this for some godforsaken reason. You know, you gotta work. Okay, I just, I kind of want to jump into the movie because it starts in this horrifically lit flashback mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> and my first thing that registered was like, we chopping fingers now. Yep. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, the, wait, the wait, finger wait. chopping you thing skipped, is, is that one's from one the game. Thing, though. It starts with a good old-fashioned boring white on black font exposition text scroll. Now, okay, yeah, so which did not start me in a great place. The first note I have is the only movie to succeed in having the audience read was Star Wars. Every other movie that's tried that has failed. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, yeah, and but we go through this whole oath of the assassin thing, which is supposed to set something up really powerful, but really doesn't. And then it immediately nope. goes into like Imagine Dragons or whatever else is going on. And yeah. we're in a trailer park. Yeah. We're in a trailer park, uh, what seems to be an, an American trailer park with this young man whose name is apparently. Callum. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'm not going to say that I've met everybody in the world, but I don't know if I've met a single Callum. No, and the- I've met one Callum and he was awful. Was he <laughs> so Was he just as I'm really sorry out. to any other Callum, Callums, but mm. <sighs> yeah, here's a, so here's another thing that I really didn't like about the beginning is we get double flashbacks. So we get a flashback to the 14, 1500s. Which, okay, fine. It didn't set up anything for me emotionally and wasn't particularly compelling, but fine. And then it goes to 1986. So I was already not realizing that the whole movie wasn't in the 1400s. And then we jumped to 1986. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, So I guess this thing takes place in the 80s. Yeah. And then it does... And then you're in that for a minute. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. This is another flashback. And so then you and then you finally get to the present day. And I'm like, OK, so this is when the movie takes place. So I did not enjoy the back to back flashbacks. It makes for a really confusing setup of like, so when when does the movie take place? <laughs> Who are the actual characters? It takes you too long to figure out that, oh, this little kid whose mother is dead is young Michael Fassbender. Yeah, 
six minutes to dead mom. Yeah, and does every child actor need to have a shaggy haircut and ride a bike in every movie? Yeah, haven't you seen Stranger Things? All of <laughs> it's them so do. popular, of course. But you know, why would they not ride a bike constantly? But I think that's just a stupid thing because the opening sequence one is dumb, and it just it's a really ugly flashback too because the color yeah. saturation or the color grading in this movie is super dull. And that's something it's the man of steel. Color it is. Grading. And that's the thing mm-hmm. with the games is the games are not they're, they're dreary. They have their moments. But if you look at the original one, if you look at the latest one that came out, Odyssey, there's, you know, bright flashes of gold and white and you're constantly in the sunlight fighting shade. And this one, it's just everything looks like shit. <laughs> Actual human shit is in this movie. And that's the way yeah, it looks. It's not an attractive color. It's not. And also the character column going back to the name one terrible name two they could have easily followed the storyline of the first game if they wanted to or tried something that goes along lines that's already been written i can understand why they're trying to do something different but it doesn't work you don't want to know the lead character's name in the first game his name is miles why would you not go with a more human normal name like miles as opposed to a weird one like column <laughs> also his dad is irish in the movie because they they the accents in this movie are all over the goddamn all place. Over the place speaking of people who deserve better what the hell is brendan gleason doing here? exactly i was like yeah what, what are you why yeah. why did you do this you didn't need to do this you're better than this. he did not he was well uh, yeah and which is confusing because he didn't get really enough to do to justify him being there just to die and then yeah. turn back into the Imagine Dragons version of himself from the beginning of the <laughs> yeah, movie. He, yeah, he just kind of <laughs> hung out and that's it. And even when, uh, I mean, we're skipping ahead here, but when uh, Michael Fossbender is given the knife that stabbed his mother, which there's another... The, Another thing going back to that, but he gets the knife that killed his mother. He's then walking through a room of people and they cut to a guy, older guy with a big goatee. I thought, oh, there's his dad right there. There's skinny guy with red hair and he just keeps walking towards the window. And then you just see the old fat guy standing there that looks nothing like the original actor. They could have easily kept the original actor, maybe putting him in some makeup, but fuck man, that was stupid. So he has this Irish dad while Michael Fassbender has his normal American accent? (laughs) I think he's actually English? Yeah. She said with a question mark. Yeah. Uh, you mean the character's English no, or Michael Fassbender? Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender is Irish. Is he Irish? Okay, yeah. Hmm. So, okay, you've got two Irish actors playing father and son, and you don't let them just have the same accent. Okay. Nah. So we we get to uh Callum Cell, and there's a priest there, and he's and it's just the most generic dialogue ever. It's like, come to save my soul, father. Yeah, he's starting. To, he's tough talking the priest, and the guy's just like, not much for the Bible, are you? He says <laughs> next to an entire wall full of anti-church imagery. Like, nah, bro, not super into the Bible, turns just out. Just walking into a murderer's cell, just like, oh, you're into art? That's cool. This looks pretty nice over here. <laughs> Making small... Yeah, so okay, so ideally, what would happen? He says, you're not into the Bible. What would the second question be? Like, you want to talk like... Um, into sports or I'm supposed to be here for like 10 minutes. We got time to kill. Eh? It's, well, the whole thing is supposed to be him getting set up to go to the, it wasn't the electric chair. He got lethal injection, yeah. right? Yes. So he's, he's dying. He's on death row. And there's a bunch of people sitting there watching him die as they tend to do in the movies when people are on death row. And he wakes up inside of the gray sci-fi church. Mm-hmm. And as one does, everything is moving. It The pacing of it feels so weird and sluggish, but everything's moving so fast that mm-hmm. nothing can really register. Mm-hmm. So he's like yeah. running around and they really gloss over the idea that he's supposed to be like going back in time memory wise to like become one of his ancestors. Yeah. yeah and and I ex- spent the entire movie like what what is happening? They don't explain. I mean, like 
they don't explain anything. But they don't explain one what he was on death row for. He was he murdered I a guy, spent, didn't he? Didn't they? Didn't he yeah, say that eventually? They killed you someone. Eventually, find out he murdered a pimp. Yeah, I spent okay, so a good a much portion more, of the movie, a much more in- assuming that he murdered his father. Yeah, a much more he interesting movie would have been Michael Fassbender murders a pimp as opposed to Assassin's Creed because just him saying that line was oh that's that's it huh you just murdered stop right there <laughs> yeah just one throwaway line about why he murdered a pimp what so pimp he's on why death row. you don't know why these people take him in particular you don't know why for a real good amount of time and then they don't explain the reasoning behind the animus existing it takes you a really long time to find out who the good guys are who the bad guys are if Look, one okay. could say that you ever figure that out when it comes to Marion Cotillard specifically oh we'll get we'll fucking get back to that <laughs> here's the thing that irritates me the most okay so about the animus in particular one the animus isn't like the games in the game in the games it's like a like a sci-fi bed that you it's, sleep yeah, in it's a, it's a pod that's all it is yeah and in this one it's it's like the the claw from fucking toy story <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is uh supposed to like be i guess more visually enticing but it really isn't it just he's you cut away from because when he's in the animus you cut away away from him doing the actual cool parkour stuff across like the spanish villas and stuff like that to him doing anti-gravity parkour yeah that was with a crane machine incredibly lame (laughs) it's so silly and the scenes of him fighting his like ghost ancestor alone in his room were so, so silly so, and they were so funny so lame i have questions okay so my first question is if he's supposed to be the person that is going back in time with his memories to relive that other person's life why can he see that person like they're in the room that doesn't make sense no it does not because why does yeah he's supposed to just be seeing memories Right. So I could get that, like, the animus causes you to, like, like, after effects, like, you still see shadows of the memories. But then why is he interacting with them? That's not how memories work. He's talking to him and, like, doing karate and stuff and throwing him across the room. And that's also stupid. And then they, and then they, like, you'll see a different shot and they'll do a different shot and then the ghost won't be there anymore. And you see him just, like, doing karate by himself in his room alone. And it's so (laughs) funny and so very unintended it's not supposed to be funny at all but it just it is in the worst way it looks like a super edgy kid just practicing with a bow staff on a <laughs> campus just yeah. kind of flipping around or playing with the uh, devil sticks <laughs> trying to do any kind of cool moves <laughs> thinking he looks cool but he doesn't one thing that irritated me so much and it's nothing that the movie did it's something that the movie didn't do which wouldn't have saved it for me at all but I wanted him to go into the animus and when you sort of transition into the memory for him to be mid free fall. Yeah, that's I feel like that's a bad idea. (laughs) Oh, what? He's going to have a heart attack. (laughs) I I mean, that's where I'm coming at. Well, logistically, he probably would. But just in terms of like setting up a cool shot or something like that. Because it's a movie about people who are like remembering the Spanish fucking Inquisition. It doesn't have to make sense. But between that, the sort of dullness of the transitions between the current world and memory world in Spain was the only part of this movie that I found remotely positive, uh, and that was the transition eagle. There were a lot of I so many eagles so in this movie. About that goddamn 2001 CGI eagle that I wanted to scream, (laughs) the eagles are coming from Lord of the Rings every time that damn bird came on screen. I hated it. It, I hated it so much. I didn't understand if it was supposed to signal the passage of time. I didn't understand if it was supposed to signal the idea that he was leaving from the actual like conscious plane to this unconscious plane Mm -hmm. where he's remembering all of this stuff. And I didn't understand if anybody knew who the eagle was, if the eagle was someone's pet, because it was always around. It's always there. 
for no reason whatsoever. I thought in that one particular um, transition out where he and the woman assassin jump off the tower, um, I really thought he was going to land on that eagle's back and we were leaving Mordor and (laughs) leaving the realm of good CGI with it because that stupid bird looked like it had been made in the era of Toy Story. Well, that's the thing. The thing is... uh when I was researching some of this movie after the fact, uh, they did spend about $3 million on Eagles. That was the surprising thing. That's where most what? of the CGI went. <laughs> yeah, you guys didn't oh, know that? Okay, they spent it on CGI no, they, Eagles. No, they I thought had that actual they Eagles. They did some, for they, $3 million yeah, worth of Eagles. They bought $3 million worth of Eagles. They put them in some mocap suits. That <laughs> would have been you guys don't remember the Robert Zemeckis company that made Mars Has Moms and shit? That's what they were doing. Most of the actors were eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Fassbender. You thought that was Michael Fassbender. That was a bunch of eagles. <laughs> just in a pla- <laughs> burlap sack of eagles just hanging out and screaming with his spoon, <laughs> with his spoon stomach. Now, my favorite part, uh, it was closer towards the end. It's where he's getting super into the animus. Like he's hyped to be there, which, okay. So a big plot hole with this movie is you take a guy who is a convicted criminal for murdering a pimp. You put him in a machine that puts him in an assassin's body. That's a highly trained killer. So a more super version of what he already was. And you don't expect him to at least learn a little bit on how to murder people and like play with bow and arrows and knives and stuff. That seems like an oversight. Well, this is like and an- why did he have to pop his shirt off when he was like, get me in the animus and he whips it off and he's flying around because all over the place. There's no other reason for Michael Fassbender to be there. If he's there, I want to see his abs. At least give me that. It's true. It's really, really true. Well, that's fine. But also, what was the general plan just to, like, take over the world? Yeah. I don't like it's this evil church adjacent, this cattywampus to the, the church organization. Yeah. And they are just trying to find this ancient artifact that's not a machine. It's just some weird magic thing <laughs> that's going to take over everybody's mind. It's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of clock gears put into a ball and then they have a light inside of it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the evil church adjacent thing gets the ball of clock gears and then somehow that takes over control of human violence before that we get fucking to meet the modern day i guess templars or whatever and it's one charlotte rampling the fuck is charlotte rampling doing here what is anyone doing she looks like she was made of cgi (laughs) and secondly is it me or was charlotte rampling trying to mac on mary and cody are really she should have been every time she was on screen can you blame her no seriously honestly not saying not saying that i blame her but (laughs) it was just she was like really uncomfortably close to I, Uh i feel like that was going to be like an odd like starscream plot going forward if this movie it turned into like some sort of resident evil anomaly franchise (laughs) your time will come child eyebrow waggle Mm. um let's talk about the knights templar organization for a hot second i like how their i I like how their logo was a harley davidson cross yeah that was fun (laughs) that was Um, really that was really cool and badass right guys the knights the knights templar as a villain like and some of this is going to be beef with the um video game franchise as well I assume Mm. I know nothing about it so the Knights Templar was an organization that was founded by the Catholic Church in the 1100s um, as basically mercenaries to go and fight the Crusades and take back the Holy Land because this is like peak Catholic awfulness Mm -hmm. so So what are the Knights of Columbus uh, mostly (laughs) older men who sell raffle tickets (laughs) Ah, yes. Nowadays. Are they the ones that wear fedoras and ride tiny cars and fairs? No, those are the Shriners, and they and Catholics do not get along. Anyway. That's a movie I'd watch. Shriners versus the Knights of Columbus? That'd be great. 
Yeah. So so the Knights Templar they 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 had a lot of power in their day um, because they made a bunch of money basically as bankers because they're like yeah go on your pilgrimage to the Holy Land and we'll hold your shit for you and charge you interest and also killed a whole lot of people in the Holy Land while they fought the Crusades. Mm-hmm. They were defunct by the early 1300s. The Spanish Inquisition takes place in the mid to late 1400s. Yeah. So you've got a solid 150 year gap, which probably no one besides me noticed as quickly as I did. But immediately yeah, I, was I was about like, to say, you're bringing a lot of baggage into the Assassin's Creed. I know. Have you ever but heard it was the first of, thing I noticed. Have you ever heard of sleeper cells? Because that's exactly what happened for 150 years. You got like 10 Templars left. And then you have the big nose priest guy who's uh, burning the uh, assassins at the stake. He's like the only one. And he, you yeah. know. I mean, it is oh, yeah. it is a very popular. Was that, not, was that not supposed to be the pope? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I assume it was a Spanish cardinal or something. Someone important. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> because one of my notes is murder pope. Yeah. <laughs> My note was that guy's I got mean, a big schnoz on him because that thing was bumping. To be, to be fair, for a solid four, 400 years or so, all of the popes were murder popes. Um, but yeah, Bring that's probably it back. More murder popes. 2019's our year, baby. It's happening. Shipping this now. If we didn't already have our naming structure for the episodes, we just call this episode murder Jude popes. Law, Jude Law gets to be the young pope. I want to be the murder pope. This is bullshit. I mean... Is this funny? <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> yes, we get it. We get it. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to think about it too hard, but we got it. <laughs> so, uh, so, they, so the burning happens. Once again, we need to bring that back as well. One murder popes, two public burnings, because I think those are some big things that we're missing in our modern day pop culture. Uh, Mm-hmm. But 150 year gap. That's that's a big one. It's a big Solid one. Solid 150 years. Something that probably nobody else noticed, but it was like the first thing they were like, the Templars have been helping the Spanish Inquisition, and I was like, the fuck? They have not. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two completely different historical periods. Uh, no. So anyway, there's my nerd. But historical discrepancies aside, I am going to say two positive things about this movie. And the Mm -hmm. first is that the flashback, if we're going to call them that, the medieval scenes were by far the best scenes. They were... They're visually superior to everything else. Yeah, they were the most... (laughs) But I think that's also a layover from the games because Mm -hmm. I think a a real common complaint about the games is that there's a bunch of boring sci-fi stuff and then you get to go be an old-timey assassin. The sci-fi stuff is really weird. I'll admit it. It's very strange. So I went into this movie assuming it was going to be all fun um, All all 1500 all fun, Spain huh? Assassin-y stuff. <laughs> now, <I'll> ad- <laughs> I expected some fun, at least. Now, I'll admit they did the right thing, which is get to the animus really quickly because truly the lamest part of the game, and especially in Assassin's Creed Black Flag, they have you as the pirate guy for most of the time, but between these big missions, you have to walk around an office and get to your cubicle and log in to the computer at the office. So going from death row and then quickly jumping into the, oh, well, here's the machine. Get into it. Let's uh, let's fucking go. Come on. Chop, chop. Let's go. So that was, I'll admit they did the right thing in doing that, but they still framed it horribly and they edited it horribly and then everything else was bad. They did it in a way that didn't make any sense at all. I I dig a movie that, that foregoes exposition dumps, mm-hmm. but yeah. also when you're telling a story, <laughs> you have to have some exposition. Yeah, some at all. L- at least tell me what's going on. Give me, give me, give me so, a fucking taste. Just a taste of what the so hell's the, happening here. Yeah. So the, the part of the reason why I think those flashback scenes worked so much better is... Um, 
they didn't ha- they didn't need as much exposition as the sci-fi stuff did to make sense. Mm-hmm. Like I can comprehend. Okay, you've got a thing. There's some bad guys that want that thing, and you're going to keep it from them. And we're going to do a lot of cool action doing it because that's the second positive thing I have to say is I thought overall the fight choreography and the action sequences in those parts of the movie were decent. Mm-hmm. I thought they were. I didn't really think so. I thought no? that the action was super super bloodless and ineffective mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm. i like i'm not one of those people who's like everything has to be rated r but i think this movie would have really benefited from being rated r yeah just because you would see people get stabbed or like their throats get slit or something like that and you wouldn't actually see any damage being done and that's mm-hmm. one of my biggest pet peeves in so, the movie. i guess that's fair i guess spoiler for the end of the movie but when jeremy irons gets his we give a spoiler warning in the intro before the show starts yeah welcome to the spoiler cast so when jeremy irons gets his throat (laughs) slit at the very end and nothing comes out of his neck at all he just kind of lumps over that was pretty strange i'd say that was a very weird move yeah not one thing but yeah the, Yeah. the, the the violence of the action for me i thought was just really it was well choreographed enough. It just wasn't shot properly. You have a lot of cuts when yeah. there's hits going on. You have, once again, the weird color grading, which takes away from what you can actually see. And through a lot of the chase sequences in the Animus flashbacks, I felt no tension at all. Not a thing. They're on that chariot race with the boy and they're about to go off a cliff and Michael Fassbender kicks a guy off a mountain and then he's jumping over from here to here. I got nothing out of it. Absolutely nothing out of it. And I just checking my watch like, hey, oh, how far how far are we into this thing? 45 minutes? Oh, I fell asleep on it in the middle and I had to re- I woke up and I had to rewind stuff. So I was pretty angry about it. I would be too. <laughs> yeah, God. I... So I have a couple of questions about those flashbacks and the things that are happening. One, that boy is a prince. His father is the sultan. Why were they harboring him in some random ass village? Why was he not just at home with his father? Uh, Why was he there? Because they were like, who was harboring the boy? And I'm like, why was anyone harboring the boy? Where are his parents? Also, were the sort of Sean Yu, Kublai Khan looking (laughs) motherfucker that he had to fight? (laughs) Yeah. Was he supposed to be the Assassin's Creed ancient relative of the main security guard guy? Because aren't they the same dude? They did look really similar. Now that I they think did, about it. Yeah. But if they were trying to go for something that deep, they failed. They yeah, failed they, yeah. horribly. It, it feels like there, there was like a subplot in that way that was just dropped because they look so much alike. And that's that I just saw the two of them. Once I had seen both of them, I was just like, OK, so that's going to be a big reveal some somehow down the line. Nope, not at all. <laughs> he just gets fucking taken out. Everybody gets taken out like a real bitch I- in, in the like sort of sub climax of this movie because uh one the young man who plays newt scamander's brother yeah he was there is also in this movie i kept but he was like holding his own pretty well in my notes i called him newt (laughs) (laughs) i called him newt scamando jesus christ How did you guys... Okay, so how did both of you like the group dynamic of all the assassins? Because I truly did not like it. I thought it was super lame that they had all of these prisoners that are all descendants of other assassins that knew each other. And once again, like I was... Did they all get to go in the It seems like it. So... Yeah, Here, I think so. Back to my original issue is you have all of these criminals playing in a giant machine that replays memories from whoever has all these super assassin abilities and you don't expect them to know a couple of things and say, hey, you know, I know how to scale a building now and I know how to fancy a shiv out of a bar of soap. Why don't we just like overtake these guys? So you have what's his name making smoke bombs out of bed sheets and ash and then you have a giant riot and somehow all of the guards are surprised that this is happening mm-hmm. but the the and and they're keeping all of the assassin weapons they're keeping them there. in the animus commando yeah, gets a sword fucking, yes. like it was really lame i just yeah. didn't like it at all and then you have all of them 
also just mean wearing hoods at the very end standing on top of a building and it's just it's not good where'd they get the hoods before we before we even get there meanwhile while this uh this riot is going on uh michael fassbender is having a i am moana moment <laughs> with all of the previous <laughs> yeah. that was truly stupid that was so <laughs> fucking dumb that he gets to talk to his mother which once again as, as you mentioned micah he's talking to projections that aren't there and he didn't have those memories at all yep. so yep that's not how memories work you fucking so he's talking to his ghost mom and then ghost dad is there and it's okay so now he gets to be Ghost Dad, who God was nice enough to revert back to his Dan Reynolds from Imagine yes, thank, Dragons. Yeah, thank form. God. Thank God he did. Because then we wouldn't know <laughs> because who Because Brendan Gleeson was like, I fucking refuse. You've gotten all the scenes you're going to get out of Look, me. Look, guys, I, I got a thing at six o'clock. I do not have time. I'm very sorry. And he's just out the door. And then you got... Uh, what's her name evil girl looking into the projections of the machine as well and she sees herself in a hood so she was an assassin at one point so clearly they're leading up for a sequel which is a really really big what's the word i'm looking for here it's it's a big cliche with terrible movies that they're setting up for a sequel well before the movie is even finished so it's not even a stinger at the very end it's close to the yeah. end like oh what the, how there's only one way well, to answer the this cody art's character has such a wonky fucking arc in this because she's the daughter of the head of the organization that controls mm -hmm. the animus right but somehow i guess she didn't know that they were looking for the artifact to control so what was mind? she thinking they were doing? So, oh, we're just good. We're just taking these guys and making them do control, shit. I guess they were going to control the minds in a way that she didn't want them to control the minds because she was talking about how they're, oh, they're going to eradicate violence. Like, yeah. she wants to mm -hmm. mind control people to not be violent anymore. Yeah, the so I guess they just had a different kind of mind control in mind. I guess. Well we, well, we get there, right? And she somehow has completely put it out of her mind that she had no idea what her father was doing with this Knights Templar organization. And then she seemingly has a change of heart. She sees like a version of herself as an assassin within the I Am Moana ghost assassins. And then we get to the Vatican. I don't, what was it's that London. place? It's London. It's apparently the order of the templar or like headquarters in what's supposed to be london evil, I, so yeah, the brexit evil church vatican, usa okay. or whatever yeah. we get to the uh, the brexit vatican and we go in there and sh ugh, they have like a heart to heart michael fassbender and the marion cotillard character to where it seems like she knows what's going on is wrong and what they have to do. And I guess it tries to position it in a way that like maybe she was going to take the knife and do it herself or something. And then that didn't happen. We just cut to Michael Fassbender. I'm just assuming running his index finger across the neck of Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Maybe with some ketchup. And then a complete 180 in terms of characterization for Marion Cotillard that comes square out of yeah. nowhere. No one in this movie has any sort of cohesive arc whatsoever. You have no idea why anyone... Not even the transition eagle. Not even the eagle. They needed like... more eagles. I'm going, I'm going to die on my grave for this. They need more eagles eagles when he's talking to a uh, uh, fat irish dad there's nothing but eagles in the ceiling that are just flying by there's eagles in his childhood there's eagles in his adulthood they need night eagles flying around at night when he's on stuff any more digital eagles he should have been eating an eagle in the cafeteria the thing this movie really needed to set it over subpar was some more fucking eagles i need least. them <laughs> <laughs> to get this movie off the ground. <laughs> Literally, just take it and fly, fly it away into from the here. sun. Do what Icarus did. Just keep going. <sighs> you know, reach your goals, burn your wings yeah. off, fall to earth, die. That's all you gotta do. Yeah, no one so so no one in this movie has any clear 
motivation. Because you don't know why the present day apparent assassins, um, you don't know why they're doing anything, why they're in the prison place. You don't really have a good idea why Marion Cotillard wants the apple other than to eradicate violence but you don't know how we're supposed to accomplish that and you know that jeremy irons wants to do evil stuff because jeremy irons so like that's the clearest character motivation you get you don't know why michael fassbender has done anything ever other than dead mom and even that like he killed a pimp so how does that connect to anything other than it gets him to death row I guess. I think it's interesting that she had no idea that Marion Cotillard, she had no idea that Jeremy Irons was evil when all he did was stand by large windows and stare. You you wouldn't have one suspicion like, oh, I can't believe my father is an evil guy. All he does is lord over us. That's what nice guys do. And hang out with old evil Charlotte Rampling who really wants him a pan. <laughs> Apparently. Now, one thing that really stuck out to me, which I found really odd, is Jeremy Irons has all of these artifacts i guess of each person so they slap on the little wrist knives to michael fassbender and then later in the movie uh he has brought his mother's necklace that she was wearing when she died and there is still blood on it 30 something years later did he pick them up from that site that she was murdered at kept it around for a while and just waited for him to come back like oh yeah we kept this for you it's like okay you did not plan this out 30 years in advance waiting for this one specific little thing to happen and kept this necklace here still dripping with blood and it took me out of that whole scene because it's just like oh yeah they have this necklace and you can just have this and yeah i think that should help you out bud uh anyway i'm gonna go so have fun the animus uh you need anything want some water or chips all right well (laughs) bye my guy i just think that also this movie is super super obsessed with dating itself that's not really a big thing but it was always like 1940 whatever the fuck the hydrogen bomb 2016. Oh, yeah. The end of violence, which so the goal to end all violence is one of the lamer things I've heard in a movie as like this is our goal is we're just going to end violence with mind control and a magic apple that we think we can find in Christopher Columbus's tomb. Oh, yeah. Chris Columbus. That was 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 also so fucking dumb. (laughs) They're just looking at all the projections of the animus and she's just yelling at Michael Fassbender. Jump. Oh, it's the leap of faith. Oh, how did he survive oh we have to keep the memory going there's christopher columbus now and they're on a pirate ship and he gets paid in doubloons and just all this other dumb shit (laughs) and it's so many dumb details so okay so if you're in the animus and you're living out some guy's memories clearly you're not just doing the really cool parts i'm sure there's part of the animus where it's like all right well what is he doing on this day he's just going to the grocery store he's getting his hood tailored uh he's been sharpening a knife for like four hours um killed a pig took a dump like that's all he's doing if you're going to uh, one thing about the hood if you're going to make everything so convenient to where your sort of sub climax again goes off without a hitch and everyone's weapons are just there and they all have their old assassin abilities and stuff. Why not just have the hoods there for them to, too? to get to get them more because into character? Then you then you lose because then you lose the iconography yep. of the series. And if you do that, then why the fuck are we here? <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> a good point. Isla. All valid questions oh, that I wish we had answers to. I think all the uh all, I think all the secret knives that Aguilar had or Ag- whatever Michael Fassbender's um, ghost assassin was, he had a lot of secret. Yeah, whatever his name is. Uh, he, he had a lot of secret knives. So during a chase scene, he's flipping around and throwing two knives at a time out of his cloak, uh, which I assume is lined with knives. That really surprised me. And then um, what's the other one? He was in the animus for so long. He started having a seizure. And then he gets that causes paralysis in his system. And so the way they try to cure his paralysis or help him out is to strap him into some kind of cage and then dunk him in a body of water and let him scream it out. 
Anyone else notice that? Is that how you cure paralysis? Sure, yeah. It's a back tank. This is Star Wars, didn't you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a sci-fi thing. That answers my question then. Uh, (laughs) I mean, what else do I got here? Um, Does a lot of flips. The worst Star Wars. Yeah. And the Lord of the Rings eagles are there. Yeah. Uh, I think truly watching this movie... uh, Hollywood has tried time and time again to do video game adaptations into film. Uh, it's never worked. There's going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog movie this year, which I don't know. I was never a big Sonic guy, but it might be fun Yikes. depending on what they're doing. Ben Schwartz is supposed to play. Yeah, doesn't it also? It's got Ben Schwartz yeah, from he's uh, doing Parks and Rec, right? Jim Carrey doing Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. That, yeah. So that could be fun, but you know, on the flip side of the coin, you have Tomb Raider that came out this last year and I cannot tell you a single thing that happened in that movie because once again, it, it just kept adding in dumb shit that didn't belong there. Like, well, we're going to have Laura Croft be a competitive bicyclist in a street bike to be, race. To be fair, Tomb Raider was a much better movie than this one. I'm, sure I'm not it was. saying it was a good movie, but it was better. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't great, but it was better. I don't know. I think there's something to be said about the fact that video games and I think what it, what did we talk about? I think on our old podcast, we talked about it because of the sort of feverish want there is on the Internet for an Uncharted movie. Yeah, which is just it's called Indiana Jones. Yeah. And also they make video games so like cinematic now that don't you lose something when you take away the interactivity? I I just got done playing the new Spider-Man game and it was one of the most cinematic games I played and it was like playing a movie. Would I like to see a movie adaptation of that Spider-Man story? No, because it would be dumb and stupid because it's a lot more fun to play the thing. Now, Still, in my book, for best video game movie is the original Mortal Kombat because that movie is fun as fuck. And then the sequel came out and it was dog shit, but it was still fun as fuck because you had just all the dumb cheesiness that came with Mortal Kombat, but making it PG and trying to make it techno-y, I guess. But once dying on my grave with the Eagles, Mortal Kombat's the best video game movie. Are there Eagles in Mortal Kombat? I wouldn't be surprised. Hold on. There probably are. I know in the sequel, there's a centaur and then Luke Cage turns into a dragon. That's really bad. Uh, and then there's, there's a rope. I know. Are yeah, I'm saying they're equal to Eagles. <laughs> equal, if not better than Eagles. I, okay. So I would much just fucking. Okay. So this movie is just super boring and it takes a very complicated video game and trying to make it into a cohesive story and it just doesn't work. And they sucked any sort of fun out of it. So going back to my idea with the group dynamic of the assassins, it's really stupid because the way it works in the game is you are this lone assassin and then you learn that there are others that might be able to help you. You're not just tossed into a think tank with a bunch of them and they tough talk you in a cafeteria telling you to eat the chicken and then throw an apple at you and then like post you up against a wall and throw a basketball at you and shit. Like it's just... It was stupid. That was my least favorite scene in this whole fucking movie. Where he goes, I'll have the steak. And everyone's like, oh, look at him. Oh, Mr. Steak Guy. Who we got that over here? A, Big money. That was such a weird flex. That didn't make any sense to me at all. Does it even count as a flex? It's just like, oh, yeah, we, it's a free menu, but try the chicken. Hey, what's up? It's a free I, menu. We suggest the chicken. I was confused. No, I was too. It's just this weird... It's not even a pacing mechanic. It was just trying to introduce the environment that was this fucking shadow corporation. And Michael Fassbender had to discuss how he was hungry twice in two different scenes before he finally goes and gets food, which is just a stupid writing mechanic that makes no sense at all. And part of my confusion with those cafeteria scenes and the other scene where they fight and the the guards show up is part of why that was so deeply confusing to me was I didn't understand the other assassins hostility. I didn't, you don't understand if they are actual descendants of other assassins or if they're just there. I assume they are. You don't understand why they're hostile towards him. They don't explain their motivations at all. They're just like doing things and you're just supposed to take those things at face value. But when you don't explain them, they don't make any sense. And so that, that 
that made all, all of those sci-fi scenes so much more confusing is you don't understand is Marion Cotillard supposed to be a good guy or a bad guy? I like is Michael Fassbender supposed to be a good guy or a guy bad guy and the other assassins whereas at least in the flashbacks you know okay Aguilar and Maria forgive me if I pronounced his name wrong are the good guys Kubla Khan is the bad guy and they're gonna chase each other around and try to murder each other and that at least makes sense you know what's happening even if it's not the most compelling you at least know what's going on yeah it shouldn't have been the b plot it should this yeah i think that this movie came together in a really weird way because it was definitely a result of hollywood trying to Mm -hmm. jump on the video game craze because i think a lot of hollywood prognosticators can see the superhero thing dying down within the next five or so years right so they they're looking for the next big thing and what i'll say is that i think this movie had a lot of pedigree going into it whether or not that it was whether or not it was deserved because one you have michael fassbender michael fassbender Mm. also produced the movie that's upsetting waste of waste of money obviously he produced it, but he also brought along Marion Cotillard and Justin Curzo, I think the director's name is, because the previous year, Curzo had directed the two of them in an adaptation of Macbeth. Ah. Now, because that because it was Shakespeare and it had two Oscar-nominated actors in it and stuff like that, you got a bunch of buzz and stuff, but I don't remember hearing anything about the movie, so I'm assuming that it's bad. So just off of the buzz of having done a Shakespeare adaptation, which was lit even worse than this, <laughs> that happened to come out. And then there still was a lot of cultural cachet for Michael Fassbender at that point. We still hadn't realized that like the majority of his, I won't say the majority, I'd say like a 60-40 of his appeal is the fact that he's a pasty, handsome white man with a big dick. 100%. And, um, and they just threw a bunch of money at him to make nonsense. Like, I, it doesn't even seem like it was cobbled together by like uh, like a, a messy studio cut or anything like that. It was just something that was planned shot mm-hmm. and then turned out horrible, which you don't see a lot of those. especially especially this fucking dull yeah Yeah. the the fact this movie has the nuts to be boring is insane to me (laughs) because it it has it got a world record for biggest stunt free fall tallest stunt free fall and he jumps off of three to five things in this movie and I can't tell you which one of those was supposed to be the Guinness Book World Record holder because everything is muddled with CGI that there was almost no point in filming this stunt wherever it was. What is he gonna? Oh, he jumped and then he falls into some CGI water. Oh, he's gonna jump, but we're gonna CGI his body going into all this stuff. They could have done a lot more. They could have done something different. They could have made it interesting, I guess, or anything else i don't even know like i don't even know how to fix this movie like i we last week we watched elizabeth town and like we get least like we at least had a few ideas of like there's a good there's a couple of maybe good elements or maybe there's a good movie in there somewhere cj might disagree with me on that also elizabeth town had the decency to be batshit fucking insane mm-hmm. like <laughs> yeah. i would much it rather was- <laughs> watch a dumb movie that's off the walls and super weird that makes you say what's this why is this happening why is this happening as opposed to what we got here which is just okay 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 and it's over that's cool okay, great it's over great 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 great, great. yep okay yeah <laughs> i'm i'm over it we're gonna give out freezies now mm. i have three uh but riley you're our guest you should go first so uh okay clearly uh this wins a freezy for most eagles as we've discussed, um, it needs more, but it did a really good job. Uh, I'd say another award would be biggest, probably best spoon chest would go to Michael Fassbender. What is a spoon is that, chest? A spoon chest is where you have a chest that kind of dips in right before the pecs. So he kind of has that six pack protruding. I guess you look up spoon chest. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about, but definitely, uh, 
number one shirt pop off and number one spoon chest. Um, I guess it also wins an award for most apples because there's a lot of apples in this movie. <laughs> so, you know, you did it, Assassin's Creed. I'm really proud and of you. Yet somehow the most important apple wasn't even a goddamn apple. Not even a Red Delicious, not a Granny Smith, not the yellow one, not this, not the uh, bigger red ones, not even the green ones. Just a piece of shit metal apple that shot green mist somewhere that was going to affect somebody. Uh, yeah, Assassin's Creed, your check's in the mail. Um, we'll UPS you some turds or whatever, so look out for that. <laughs> Micah, what are your freezy? All right, so my first freezy also goes to the Eagles from Lord of the Rings. It's good to see they're still getting acting work. <laughs> my second freezy goes to Marion Cotillard's final scene cape. I really liked that cape. Lots of cape work in this great. movie. I was happy there's a lot of cape work. Mm-hmm. There were some specific costumes. Like, that's like a general award to, like, I guess the costume designer because there were some specific costumes, not the steampunk capes, um, that I thought were kind of fun. I liked the cape. Um, and my final freezy goes to Michael Fassbender's face because as with Orlando Bloom Most last angled. week, at least that gave something to look at while you were bored out of your mind by the really boring scenes. You know, it, it could have been someone less attractive. So thanks. Thanks for that, at least. This movie if it was made when like the first Assassin's Creed came out, so would have been Sam Worthington from Avatar. They would have, oh, they would have kept yeah. going down the list of guys with big jaw and they would have eventually, yeah, they would, they would have thrown a dart and they finally would have been like, Oh yeah, that works. That's fine. And that would have been remarkably disappointing. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give a freezy to fanciest hospital gowns in the, <laughs> in the gray sci-fi <laughs> church, because everything in that particular part of the movie was mm-hmm. just gray and white, just mm-hmm. abnegation from divergent, like nothing at all. And a uh, shout out to them for making your costuming match the general motif of your entire film. They had an aesthetic and they were sticking with it, man. Lots of grout fits in the future. A freezy for not adding a new metal song to the end of the movie. Oh man. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. If there's a new metal song somewhere, like you bust out some disturbed or like fucking a oh man of corn like yeah this, <laughs> yeah this had a this had like fucking breaking benjamin written all over it right it when the did. credits start rolling just a lot of corn busting out of there <laughs> that would have been sick <laughs> and my last and final freezy just to just to wrap it all around <laughs> is uh, best supporting actor for the transition eagle. Okay, so so the Eagles are clearly a big winner tonight. Uh, congratulations to the Eagles. Uh, uh, hopefully one of them can come up to the stage and accept this award, and they just keep flying around in circles. So, CJ, on behalf of the Eagles, I think you're going to have to give an acceptance speech. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's a silly Thank you, Eagle. Uh, so we didn't even touch on the idea or at least the super awesome line where he's pulled out and forced in the animus where he goes, I'm crazy. How did everyone, how did everyone feel about that? And he starts, he starts singing and screaming all over the place and like half crying. Um, not great. You know, really? I made a note about that mm-hmm. and I ignored it because I'm mad enough already. Yeah, there, there's so much other stuff wrong <laughs> with what's happening here. I just didn't care at that point. Mm-hmm. I just really, really wanted it to be over. Yeah, Mike, Michael Fassbender's gotten really good at just, he's trying his hardest and you can tell that he's really giving it his all, but he just does not get a lot of projects that give him the quality he should have. So you're going to be an Assassin's Creed and you're going to be jumping all over the place and killing people, but also you're going to have to sing this song 
while flying on a mechanical arm. Oh yeah, he was singing, wasn't he? Yeah. I had completely blocked that out of my my mind, like a like a very disturbing repressed memory. You should. Um, did repress um, that. Yeah, so I think it's probably a given. But Riley, is Assassin's Creed still fresh or is it freezer burnt? Um Oh, oh, this is the decision oh, man. for you. You know, this is really tough for me to say, but I definitely say it's, this has been, uh, this has been a, a carton or some kind of box of chicken nuggets that you're going to eat for a really long time. And you kept putting it off and kept putting it off. You finally are hungry one day. You open it up. There's nothing but icicles in there. Oh my God, Riley, is it still fresh or is it freezer burn? Well, the thing is, when it comes to being fresh or freezer burn, you start off fresh and then you eventually get into the freezer and you, you know, lose track it's of time. It's a 50-50 question, fam. You, you know, you lose track of time and time is not really a friend when it comes to being freezer burnt. So, um... You know, this is not late at night, Riley. (laughs) What really is freezer burnt, though, if you think about it? Is it something that's. Oh my God, it's our version of bad, Riley. Did you think the movie was good or bad? (laughs) Why didn't you ask? Yeah, this movie's bad. Well, you put it that way, yeah. We tried. Michael, is it still fresher? Is it freezer burnt? We tried. It is freezer burnt beyond all recognition. What was the run? What was the. What was the run? Tomatoes percentage? 17. 17%. It reads. Yep. I can definitely see 17% coming out of this thing. <laughs> CJ, how about you? Still fresh or freezer burn? Oh, it's, you can't even see a piece of pink on that <laughs> steak anymore, girl. I, it's, I don't know how a movie gets to be this bad and still gets released. It looked like they spent most of their money in the flashback sequence, sequences in the Spanish Inquisition. And then when you get back to the present day, it's, I don't know if you get sag points <laughs> or whatever, but it just seemed like everybody was there to finish. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I I really came into this wanting it to be like a show, like mm-hmm. a like a spectacular kind yeah. of bad. And it wasn't, and that made it worse. Yeah. It, yep. it, I was I was really upset at how not fun that it was. I thought I was going to have a really grand time. I thought I was going to laugh. I thought it was going to be like like Geostorm. I thought it was going to be fun like Geostorm yeah. was. We enjoyed the shit out of Geostorm. We sure did. And I haven't checked the rating, but I would love to do that one sometime. Do you think, um, do you think Dutch Boy is in the Animus? This was not. <laughs> Who is Dutch Boy? Dutch Boy is the, uh, isn't that the machine in Geostorm it's, that fucks yeah, up it's, everything? It's Ge- oh, do you think? It's, okay. Yeah, probably. It's Geostorm. We didn't theory. remember it was Geostorm. Yeah. <laughs> we don't remember anything about it other than how much we laughed. The Animus and the Dutch theater. Boy are the same thing. I'm shipping that right now. Anyway, yeah, this movie Goodness sucks great. dick. Um, it was really bad. It was really blurry <laughs> and dirty. If, the, if there is a second attempt in an Assassin's Creed movie, I think the number one piece of advice that I would give to the studio because obviously 20th Century Fox is listening. Uh, Make it colorful. Uh, Try to make it lighter because if there's one thing that Assassin's Creed has done a really good job of, it's light. There is a lot of light and color in all of those games. And to take a movie and smear some shit over the camera and make everything brown with shots of red, not a good idea. Also, is everyone dirty and sweaty all the time in the Spanish Inquisition? Yes. Uh, well, probably it was the Spanish Inquisition. Shame. Were face tattoos big back then? Because some of these assassins got some pretty, pretty sick, uh, pretty sick ink. I thought they were cool. <laughs> I like face tattoos. Well, I mean, if I had to give any advice to a studio wanting to make another Assassin's Creed movie, uh, my number one thing would be to say don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so, do it. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, either try again and make it colorful or simply take the script that you have and then just walk it over a couple of feet and throw it in the trash. You want me to read this? Yeah, let's check it out. Just make a period piece about the Spanish Inquisition and also don't have the Knights Templar be there because they had been ineffective for a solid 150 years. Okay, thanks. Things only Micah cares about. (laughs) I mean, it's a big thing. I agree. I am here to bring you the historical accuracy that you deserve, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is it for this week's episode of Below Freezing with CJ and Micah. Riley, thank you for coming. Thank you for the invitation and putting up with me. If if anyone is out there um, that owns a business, please hire me. That's all I got.
RileyJWatson.com. That's what I was about to say. Riley, can you tell the people where to find you online and maybe where to look up some of your work and your music? RileyJWatson.com. You can see some a couple of scripts that I've written. I have a whole like eight page treatment for a three ninjas reboot that I've been working on with a buddy of mine for a few months. All of my music is on there. Old episodes of my season finale podcast is on there. You can find my music individually on SoundCloud slash, uh, slash captain. What, uh, I'm on Twitter at Riles Watson on Instagram. I'm Riles Watson. Um, some, uh, good shit on there. Lots of lots of lots of fun, irreverent humor that uh, Gen Xers are very into. Oh, is that what we've been doing tonight? Have we been doing irreverent humor? So what? <laughs> What's up? Oh my gosh, Micah, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Micah Renee B, and you can find me on Instagram at Lowkey Stroke the Lemur. And, yeah. and you can find me at CJ Talks on Instagram and at CJ Talking on Twitter. We'll see you guys next week when my buddy Dan Purcell stops by and we watch the, I think, 2009 romantic comedy. It's not actually it's not a romantic comedy. It's just a lady movie with Jamie Lee Curtis and Kristen Bell and Sigourney Weaver. It's called You Again. And that's what we're in thawing next week on Below Freezing. Bye, everyone. Hell yeah, bitch. Yeah, this movie sucked ass.